is. He's free. Who's free? It's Harry Potter. Uh, the boy who lived? Yeah, the, no, well, the boy who ran a Twitter account that stole content from Facebook and Tumblr. Oh, um, is, this, so is this related? Well, I guess it wouldn't be related to the Twitter purge because it's like the reverse Twitter purge. He he became free. Well, well just like Fox rising from the ashes, uh, he, he died and came back. I, so I thought it was the Twitter purge. Uh, so last week when we were recording our 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 twitter game segment this was all happening uh and at that point it was it's harry potter that was banned but now uh just a breaking news update like it's not really breaking anymore but it's a news update for for everyone listening <laughs> uh now it is hogwarts magic who is gone uh the no, beloved... that's my favorite one yeah, that's that's the first one we found and it's gone and i so free hogwarts magic um but I am glad that our boy It's Harry Potter is back. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been kind of a, a roller coaster for Harry Potter news since we last recorded. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the Twitter thing, which I I still don't quite understand, but I hope Hogwarts Magic will be back with us soon. I do um, too. because I'm sure they have a lot to say about the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. <laughs> Everyone has a lot to say about the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. <laughs> I mean, they we sure do, too. do. Yeah. Um, well, so so I guess we're backing up here. It wasn't just the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer that happened. There was a trailer for a new logo for the Grindelwald stuff first. Oh, yeah, there was. It was a trailer for the trailer. Wands ready. Hashtag wands ready. Uh, I thought it was wands up. A wands. Yeah, get your wands up. <laughs> It's it's a really bad. Uh, get your wands up and ready. Get your wands up. It's time for some some Grindelwald action. Um, yeah, uh, that movie looks bad. That's my hot take on this. When I think of wands up, I just think of like I guess Dumbledore's funeral, like the funeral scene from the movie. That's what it's from, right? Like that's. That's the, or is it a Dumbledore's army thing? And then I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna find out. But I, I just, I mean, Dumbledore. It's not Dumbledore's funeral because he's he's back. Dumbledore's back and he's hot. And now. he's but he's not getting his wand up for another man. Oh hell no! no. Not not you know strictly in the movie. No, I, he yeah so. Um, Dumbledore's back. He is Jude Law. Uh, he's wearing <laughs> a very nice looking muggle ensemble that like no wizard would wear. Uh, Especially not Dumbledore. Yeah, it's like that. That's weird. Um, I mean, I'm I'm the I'm the world building nerd, so I I was talking your ear off about this constantly with the the whole like like why do the fantastic beasts movies not have robes in them thing but it like really bothers me here for some reason like well he's in hogwarts i mean people are talking about this like a lot because they're not even it's not even like an eccentric outfit no for a muggle it's just really normal it's just a really normal outfit that's tailored to show off how fucking buff dumbledore is 
He is so buff. He's a really big, thick Dumbledore, which is a really... I, I don't agree with that interpretation of the character. I don't think Dumbledore was ever big. Yeah, I mean, I feel like what like the the fan reaction has been one jude law is hot okay fair that's enough. fine yeah two they're like why isn't he wearing robes and the response to that is like i i don't i don't even know i i because I, I don't know what the i mean he's in hogwarts yeah and all those ministry guys are like wearing normal clothes too it's it, it's weird I, it's just like <laughs> it's a very weird art direction thing to make a prequel where the things look i mean yeah it's 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 things things look less wizardy in this thing that's set in the past when they were even more separated underground which is a, a weird uh it's a weird way to do it i don't know it's not good yeah i mean i saw someone someone pointing this out and, and saying well dumbledore should be wearing robes in hogwarts and someone else countered that on twitter with a link to um a pottermore feature hell yes i think written by Rowling. hell yes um just called clothing and i i, I sent this to you mm -hmm. and it's just it makes the assertion that wizards wear muggle clothes more than they don't and it kind of sets up robes and like wizard wear as being formal wear Which is or like a uniform bullshit right because like that doesn't make <laughs> any sense with how it's portrayed in the like like uh, there's a, there's a thing in that article where it um it like makes this sort of like weird cover for the beginning of the first book like there is that scene that we really liked in our in our first episode with um vernon seeing how eccentrically dressed all the wizards were uh and it tries to say like oh that's because they were celebrating they were putting on robes and it's like mm, okay but also harry went to the leaky cauldron and they were all wearing robes like do you put your formal wear on to go get a cider like that's a little i don't know about that one jk yeah it doesn't make a lot of sense and it's also um you know i i don't want to get into the discourse right now but the like uh wizards are out and about in muggle clothes most of the time but they wear green and purple to like signal to other wizards that they're yeah, wizards it, it, i mean let's i don't even think this really needs to be discourse it's flagging like jk rowling <laughs> took the concept of flagging and and made it wizards which is yeah it's just just don't but i mean that's that's there on pottermore.com yeah. so check it out yeah, pottermore.com so much good content <laughs> there that we will be re revisiting constantly throughout this series um speaking of discourse uh okay so we made enough goofs on twitter i guess that people are saying they want us to go see the movie um i don't want to pay for it um so maybe we'll sneak in or buy a ticket to another movie and go see that or torrent it yeah but i don't want to I mean, give them money it's such a it's such a double whammy too it's like the double whammy of johnny depp being in the movie right. and he just shouldn't be and then the the like sorry but dumbledore is not going to be 
gay. I, I, don't, I, rem- I don't remember what the wording was, like, obviously gay, or it's, like, it's not, not part of the like story. It's not going to be, like, a focal point of the story. And it's, like, that's always been her her excuse. It's been the, like, oh, so you think gay people just have to be gay all the time? Well, it looks like you've got some growing up to do. And it's, like, mm, okay, like, that's not really <laughs> what people are asking for. Um, yeah, it's... I mean, what fuck? What was that incredible quote we found about her when she announced the Dumbledore thing? And she said, "Oh, it's, oh God!" Uh, it's like everyone stood up and clapped, and she goes, "Wow! If I had known this would make it would make you that happy, I would have announced it a long time ago." And it's like, what if you put it in the book, huh? Like, what if what if it mattered at all? It's because she just thought of it right then. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> That's the secret. It's the secret. I mean, she knew it the whole time. Yeah, she knew the whole time that Dumbledore was going to be gay. Yeah, that. Yeah. Oof, that was. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I don't want to give them money, but I guess this is like it is new Harry Potter wizarding world content, and I guess we have we have given yeah, ourselves we have this a, obligation. We have like a moral duty to see it, Somehow. but also a moral duty to not pay for it. So yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to figure out how to figure it out. Someone will maybe we'll definitely not watch a cam rip sometime. We definitely will not. I definitely would We'd not. Never do this. Would never download and watch a cam rip of a film. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess the other big piece of discourse for uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them is uh, fantastic lore and where to forget that you wrote that lore with the apparition stuff oh yeah i mean i (laughs) i think it's i remember excited there was like a twitter moment about it it was like harry potter fans have found a plot it's a big deal like weirdly i i it was one of those things where like i noticed it and was like hmm like that seems weird and then forgot about it and then it became this big deal i can't remember the I mean, is that what apparition looks like in all the movies? Yeah, the like twisty thing. Yeah. I was gonna ask, could it be a portkey? Because portkeys work Mm, at Hogwarts. Maybe. But I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Are portkeys twisty? I I think the only time you see a portkey in the movies is in Goblet of Fire, and I do not remember what it looked like there. Um, But yeah, the apparition in the movies is like like they twist around and like reappear it's very weird this is like a very funny thing that i don't care about at all because i am not like super focused on potholes because i tend to think that you know the story being told is the important (laughs) part yeah but i i think that it's also um worth noting only because jk rowling does all this weird side lore yeah because that's this is a case where she has said that the apparition wards have always existed yeah that's the that's the thing like i am not a big stickler on like you know especially in adaptations of things like like you know the minutia of lore because the story is the most important part it's specifically the thing where this is a script written by jk rowling ignoring her own thing that she also wrote you know like that's the that's yeah, the weird part stuff. yeah 
<clears throat> well, it was a, it, it was it's in Hogwarts of History, which is like one of those published books that she did with Fantastic Beasts. Like it, it's in the same sub series as Fantastic Beasts, which is now the film series. You know, so it's like this isn't even that far removed. It's not even like it's some excuse me, yeah. like it's some random piece of lore that she wrote elsewhere. It's like it's in the same book series or like in the same sub series of this book series that she wrote. If anyone else had written this movie, I wouldn't give a shit. But it's just kind of funny to see, like, this author who is very particular about, like, how fans and uh, critics, like, interact with her world and lore, but also can't remember this really weirdly basic rule that she wrote, you know? Yeah, a rule that, that like, serves as a plot device. Totally. Like, Hermione talks about it all uh, the time, and, it, and it, it's because it... It's I I think it's like central to Azkaban, isn't it? Because they're wondering how Hermione gets around before they know what a time turner is or something like that. And I don't know. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I was I was trying to figure out. I was like, I don't know if you can apparate at Azkaban, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah so no, yeah, that was that yeah, was part I of don't it. Know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can apparate out of Azkaban. That would be a kind of an inefficient <laughs> system. <laughs> So my like my like original prediction when I b- before I found out about the lore that the apparition wards um, had always been there was that there's just that the story is like these were the good old days when people didn't lock their front doors yeah. and I still think that's what I bet it's that's be. where like, it's I'm, going. I think that's what it is and I that's gonna be my my first crimes of Grindelwald prediction. Yeah, we. We are going to compile a list of Grindelwald predictions. See this again. We have to see this movie because we have these predictions, right? Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, yeah. So that was your first big one. Mine was that they were, as a response to the outcry over the Dumbledore stuff, they will like edit in an extra shot of him like looking wistfully out the window or something while mm. a Grindelwald fight is happening or something you know like they're gonna do something to like imply like oh, maybe you know you never know but like they're not gonna like they're not gonna do reshoots or like you know do any actual uh romance stuff it's just gonna be like any actual work yeah no just not gonna um... do any work not gonna <laughs> do any any actual like representation it's just gonna be like this like little throwaway for people who know you know yeah That'll be that's some nice fan service oh, yeah. in there. Yeah, it's gonna be a really touching moment. I'm um, sure. I think the bird is fox. Um, yeah, and I, I like the bird. I love it. Okay, a lot of bad things in that trailer. Good thing the bird. Um, yeah. Did the bird? Did the bird get as many frames as Johnny Depp? Because okay, that's oh, the other funny man, thing oh. is in the trailer, Johnny Depp like gets two frames. Like yeah. you blink and you miss him. He's, he like <laughs> he like any and like the shot that he's revealed on, he's like looking down and then he looks up and it's like the the frame that you realize it's Johnny Depp, it like fades out. It's so funny. Like they yeah, and he's gone. He's yeah. out of there. And he, he doesn't get any lines. He doesn't get like a dramatic voiceover. You don't see him like doing any fighting. It's just so obvious they're like like i mean trailers take a long time to get together i like i just like know and i imagine that like they were probably in the early stages of like getting the finalized footage they needed for this trailer as all this was going down and i'm just imagining some poor schmuck 
at like trailer park <laughs> incorporated or whatever like going like fuck fuck take him out take him out like <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I don't know that seemed pretty deliberate to me overall the trailer was just like it was boring it just looks like like it just didn't yeah i i don't know i like i don't know if i other than the shot of hogwarts I don't know if I would have like identified it as a Harry Potter movie. It just looks like a generic like action. It, yeah, it movie. it just looks like uh it looks like the you remember when Universal was doing the like I Frankenstein and like other period <laughs> yeah. action movies like that's what it looks like. It just doesn't look good. I mean, the first one is kind of whatever. There's a lot I, I, I there's a lot I like actively dislike about the first one, but it's still got some okay stuff in it like i like newt i like all of the scenes of the animals i like his i like i feel bad that is john kolowski the the baker guy i like him like i like those characters it's just a bad story like a bad movie but this looks worse uh this just looks like an action movie which is like not what i want from harry potter at all yeah yeah, I, I just I just don't have much to say about it other than it just looks kind of bad. It looks kind of bad. Johnny Depp's in it. Um, they apparate onto the school grounds, and Jude Law has a huge back. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. Well, that's that's our uh, that's our Fantastic Beasts take, and now we don't have to talk about it until November. Wands up. Wands. Wands. <laughs> One's up. <laughs> oh yeah also just like the new logo because we got that oh, trailer yeah. for the logo yeah. um that's like pottermore my favorite website um oh yeah it's just like different you know? it's just got it looks like it looks like the forgotten realms logo or something to me like it just looks like a D yeah. thing it's fine it's just kind of funny because it's like when they revealed it it was like who can recognize all of these wands and everyone was freaking the fuck out and i was i was just like this is a weird stage of harry potter we're in now we're like i mean it's like in star wars when everyone recognizes the lightsaber handles you know it's like uh it's like is this the, is this what you care about that one's the older one wow yeah yeah it's uh That's no one's Ron's second wand. That's right. I'd know it anywhere. I'd know, yeah, I'd know the second wand that's only in the movies because in the books they don't really talk about what the wands look like. Other than, yeah. Oh, I guess that's the other thing is that it's a very movie centric thing. Yeah, I guess it you know? is. Like, I uh, never pictured the wands looking like that. Also, the elder wand looks really stupid. It, it really Sorry. does. It looks like a, I just hate it. It looks like a toy club or something. It does. It looks like it has a bunch of beehives on it. Ugh. I don't like it. No, it's uh, well, I don't like any of the Deathly Hallows or the book, the Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's so there. There's your your wizarding world and Fantastic Beasts update. And I guess now it's time to rewind. No, we're, we're re- well, actually, we're we're going going oh. forward. Yeah, in we're time. going. Yeah, we're going forward in time a lot. From where Dumbledore is no longer Jude Law. That's right. He is Michael um, Gambon. So, yeah. And someone else, right? Yeah, he was Michael Gambon for the first two movies, and then then he died. 
which is a bummer. Yeah, which is very sad. Um, so we are on the Sorting Hat chapter, which I'm so excited about. It's so good. This is... I was very excited to get to this. We had to restrain ourselves from talking about our houses last week, I think. Uh, yeah. And this is like... I don't know how much you remembered about this chapter going in. I remembered very little except for I remember liking the Great Hall a lot. And I remember that this is where the ghosts showed up. And I really like the ghosts. And I still I I I, I think my my main takeaway from from this, aside from all the, the house stuff that we'll get into, is just like this is just like this is peak Harry Potter. This is a delightful chapter. Yeah, I I really like this one. I'm liking Harry's character more than I ever remember liking his character. Totally. <laughs> like his internal monologue is just is just very good and very relatable. He's very relatable in this chapter. Um, I am going to back up a little bit because I think we're going to have a lot to talk about with the sorting. So let's get all the stuff that isn't the sorting and the houses out of the way. Definitely. And the first thing I'm bringing up is, and I'm sorry, the first description through Harry's eyes of McGonagall. <laughs> oh, this no. is no. this is this what? is the this is going to be the origin quote of Hot McGonagall. <laughs> she had a very stern face, and Harry's first thought was that this was not someone to cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm never going to live this down. I. Uh, <laughs> uh. I'm it never mentions her age. It just says she's stern. That's true. She's yeah. stern. Yeah. The she's... stern the stern teacher. Yeah. Not someone to cross. Yeah, not someone to cross. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um yeah, not revealing any kind of taste at all here, just <laughs> No, this this is uh I can see why anyone might think that. Yeah. Yeah, um, like this is nothing against Maggie Smith. She's she does a fantastic job uh, and is a very beautiful, distinguished woman. I just thought that McGonagall was younger <laughs> until the movies came out. Okay, <laughs> yeah, stern, hot McGonagall. Oh God. Okay, well, moving on from hot McGonagall, um, <laughs> the other thing that's that's fun in this chapter is the ghosts, oh, I and love when them. they're. I know, and when they're described as, like, flying through the wall, it says there are 20, which I didn't remember at all. Or, like, about 20 ghosts. Yeah. That whole scene is so great. They're, like, there's, everyone starts screaming, uh, but, like, the ghosts are just, like, having a conversation about something else, and then they're just, like, mildly excited to see that the kids are there. It's so cute. It's very cute. Um, I think, because the... There are the house ghosts that we know of. So it's the Fat Friars, the Hufflepuff ghost. Yep. Uh, Nearly Headless Nick is the Gryffindor ghost. Mm -hmm. uh, Bloody Baron is Slytherin. And do we see the Ravenclaw ghost at this point? I No, I don't think so. No. But we do know it is Helena Ravenclaw. That's right. Which, <sighs> if only we didn't have to know what the deal with Bloody Baron and Helena Ravenclaw was. Uh because yeah because you really like the there's like a really cute line from nearly headless nick it's right so about good. the bloody it, baron yeah it's 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 it has you know there's this great scene where harry is talking to nick um 
and you know he's just sort of asking about the ghosts uh and they see the bloody baron it has this great description of him sitting next to draco and like draco is really uncomfortable uh and harry asks you know why is he covered in blood and and nick's response is uh just like very tersely like i've never asked <laughs> like and i just beautiful <laughs> you don't need anything more than that it's such a great little scene um and then seven books later i guess we we have to find out in graphic detail uh what why he's covered in blood which is just just kind of a bummer really like it is it is a bummer like i just think that this was such a good example of like very snappy dialogue it's cute it's um it adds texture to the scene and i i don't remember the seventh book at all so i didn't I, i remembered vaguely that um rowena ravenclaw's diadem was a horcrux mm-hmm. but i didn't remember anything with the ghosts or anything about how they found it and so i went on pottermore to read up on the houses to see if there was anything extra and i and i read the story of um the bloody baron stabbing um helena ravenclaw to death yeah and like it's not even that couldn't have been the thing like i'm not saying you shouldn't write fucked up like dark stories it's just like it flies in the face of this like very again like it's the 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 doll-like qualities of this early book where it's you can gesture towards these dark dark things but a lot of the humor and the charm is wrapped up in leaving that stuff to the imagination you know and like like it it just does this weird turn where suddenly everything that is just sort of like a huh i bet something kind of fucked up happened with that like weird but you know we don't we don't have to know it we don't have to think about it or like if you do want to think about it it's it's up to you you know um whereas turning it into this weird thing where the ghosts at hogwarts are all hanging out and have the like 500 years of like domestic abuse baggage with them it's just really weird it makes it super uncomfortable in a way that is a bummer and like i mean i feel the same way about um uh the description of the feast here which is uh oh no yeah like it's great it's adorable like there's all this magic food like you get the impression that like it's just being conjured out of somewhere you don't really have to think about it and then soon we're going to find out that it's uh all provided by slave labor they they like to be slaves yeah slaves slave labor but don't worry they you know they're treated better at hogwarts than they would be elsewhere which i think is like the actual excuse right like better hogwarts malfoys or something where yeah or like the the um uh grimold place where the heads of the house elves are mounted on the wall that's right yeah it's but yeah this idea that like there are good slave owners is a i don't know if that's something i want in harry potter you know but uh probably probably think that one through just for like a second yeah but uh I don't know. but ignoring that stuff ignoring like the stuff where i know where this is going all the stuff is super great like i said i love that that nearly headless nick and bloody baron exchange um i love the like description of the food and the like <laughs> just like the weird like like it is the perfect feast for an 11 year old you know it's like here's a bunch of meat and, <laughs> like it's just meat and then dessert 
Like it's it's really cute this whole scene. Yeah, I did notice that it um Harry's still thinking a lot about the Dursleys, which makes sense. I was a little bit yikes when he when he thinks to himself that the Dursleys didn't exactly starve him. <laughs> I I actually kind <laughs> of like that. Like as a as a piece of reasoning for his character, I really like that cuz it's like, well, they didn't starve me, but, you know, like like that's that just falls in line to me with like all of the other like Harry's fine things, you know, like like he's abused and the Dursleys yeah. suck, but he's dealing just fine with it. Which yeah. Is... I liked that. Um and I also really liked the line when the sorting hat comes in and he says it looks like something Aunt Petunia would not let in that, the house. Yeah, that's great too. That's that's there's a, this this is the first chapter I think that has just some of the best uh I guess like there's some just some of the best descriptive language really. Like the the great hall entrance is really striking. You know, it mentions that the ghosts are all like pearlescent in the candlelight and that the students faces all look like lanterns and like it's it's quite striking in a way that nothing in the book really had so far yeah i i really like this and i think it's a it sets up a very good sense of place for hogwarts um, totally especially just in contrast to all the dursley stuff which harry is still continually kind of bringing up in his in his uh like reasoning and what he thinks about what's going on it, it it is a really clever dichotomy they've set up where it's like you you got all this uh d- domestic dursley stuff um that he as the point of view character can like reach back and compare you know within the you know his internal monologue or whatever like to what's going on at hogwarts and i i that's just like i see that this is the kind of thing where i see like why this book got so big in the first place you know yeah, I, I think that um, this is just really kind of the beginning of the school fantasy. And we, and we get more into that in the chapter we're going to be talking about afterward when they start going to classes. But um, like, I think that it's a common refrain for the fans where it's like, yeah, this is the school experience that everyone wants. It's extremely yeah, cool. Totally. <laughs> yeah, which I guess leads us into the the biggest thing here which is the houses yeah um the sorting hat has a very cute song um it's very good and i guess um i'll just go through the four houses that i'm sure everyone knows um and all of the words that the sorting hat uses to describe them so gryffindor is described as brave daring Having nerve and chivalry. Hufflepuff is just, loyal, patient, and, quote, unafraid of toil. Mm-hmm. Ravenclaw is wise, quote, ready mind, mm-hmm. and they have wit and learning. And what the Sorting Hat says about Slytherin mm-hmm. is a quote about you making your real friends. Cunning is the one just kind of standalone descriptive word. And also using any means to achieve your ends. <laughs> yeah. Um, even in this like early stage where everything's like, uh, you know, less complicated than eventually becomes Slytherin really kind of gets the short end of the stick here in terms of like how, how they're um, like what they actually are as a house, you know? 
Yeah, so I, I um, wanted to kind of look at the extended lore online about the houses uh, because I, I, I've been pretty like exposed to a lot of the fandom. And when I read this, I'm like, well, there's been a lot of um, kind of extrapolation oh. on this stuff by fans. And so I wanted to see what was kind of like, <laughs> like what came from JK Rowling and like where all of these ideas came from. But so I Googled Hogwarts houses and oh, in that like Google preview window where it like pulls, pulls stuff from Wikipedia, the, the, the Wikipedia, it like lists the houses and it lists their traits and Gryffindor, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw all have those descriptive words that I read from the sorting hat. And then it just says Slytherin period. <laughs> It's so good. Oh my god. When when we post this episode, I'm just gonna post that screen cap on on it's, the Twitter. It's so funny. It's so fucking um, good. It's Slytherin. It's, it's just all those other ones, but Slytherin's there too. Yeah. Um I guess from there, like like those words are the ones that are in this book this chapter that we've read. Um I did pull some like extra stuff from the Pottermore, my favorite website pages of the houses, um, which I just have to, I just have to say as a big fan of this website, it is so hard oh, to navigate. It's, it's like a mystery. You never know. It is a nightmare. It's like maybe I'm sure there's some like on a whiteboard somewhere at like the Pottermore HQ. Someone probably wrote like hard to navigate like Hogwarts or something. And everyone and like they got, you know, sent home earlier or something because it, it's, it's <laughs> so fucking impossible to find anything. Like I asked you to find if there was anything about music, I think. Right. And you had to like bounce through multiple articles to find it like it wasn't just like on like the wizard world page or whatever no and like you would think finding the house stuff would be the easiest thing possible um the way i ended up doing it is i googled i did made separate google searches like pottermore gryffindor right to bring up the like pages and and they're, it's just awful so um my complaining aside gryffindor had nothing else to add basically yeah. um hufflepuff did and i pulled out um a, a quote from it and it's from helga hufflepuff and i think it's from like her page uh but what it came down to is i'll teach the lot and treat them just the same and this is like her kind of defining trait in that she wanted to teach all students equally yeah which that seems like a good idea, you know. If if only all of the, if only all of, the, if only that was like the school motto and not like one house, you know. Yeah. So that one, uh, I guess that's just Hufflepuff, which which seems wild to me. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I learned about Hufflepuff is that uh, Helga, um, was big into food related charms, which I do think is actually pretty cute. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the Hogwarts recipes originated with her. That's that cool. the house elves I... presumably do now. Oh, uh, that's less cool. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, it doesn't say that, but presumably yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um. So there is kind of a food focus for Hufflepuff, and I remember seeing that a lot. Um. For like the fandom, but I don't remember it explicitly in the books. And uh, I guess I guess it sort of extends to like because because the other thing with Hufflepuff that I always took away from the books was that they 
loved plants and animals and like that kind of thing and so i guess it was just like my view of them before rereading was always just like hufflepuff is like hospitality is like their thing yeah and i and i guess i think that's still true and i think the the pottermore quiz which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. there's like a question where it asks what your favorite subject would be and my guess is that if you pick like herbology or care of magical creatures that probably puts you toward hufflepuff probably um ravenclaw had basically nothing else uh, which surprised me yeah ravenclaw i always assumed was super well defined but like the more i read about it and the more you've been telling me about it it just seems like it's almost all uh like stuff that's just sort of been gathered through osmosis by the fans yeah and and honestly most of the stuff on pottermore was just the story of uh rowena ravenclaw because it relates back to the horcrux thing but Mm -hmm. isn't really relevant to the house at all right other than other than her her like enchanted diadem which apparently made her super smart which seems weird to me but Hmm. whatever um i think slytherin is the i mean so Slytherin is the house that I wanted to be in when I was a teen. Totally. You know? Same here. Almost, actually, honestly, like, up until we started rereading the books, I was, and like took the quizzes and stuff, I was like, yeah, I, and, but it was like in this very meta sense, like, oh, Slytherin, they're kind of more cynical. I'm cynical about the series. You know, they don't care about Harry Potter being the big hero. So like, I, I just like sort of gravitated towards that stuff, not really realizing what it actually was written as. <laughs> right. And like, I, I definitely don't fault people in the like fans of Harry Potter for wanting to be in Slytherin. Like oh, no. snakes. Very cool. Yeah. Snakes are cool. Uh, Being spooky is cool. They're all goths like that, that the aesthetic it's fine. Yeah. That part's great. Yeah. Um, I went on the Slytherin Pottermore like section Mm -hmm. and there are all these weird like BuzzFeed style features where they do like listicles, I guess. And they're all written in the like, you think Slytherin's bad, think again. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they are very self-defeating. Yeah, because Um, it's always like, this guy was a huge racist, but also... His friends thought he was pretty smart sometimes. Like, yeah, like I like Salazar Slytherin. His like bio is, um, you know, he did all this super racist stuff, and he hated Muggleborns, and he thought wizards were superior to to Muggles. But uh, don't just think he was all bad. He had a relative that did something good, and also grew a tree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's his wand is on the other side of the world and became a tree like so it's like wow good good job checkmate. salazar checkmate guys uh, yeah that stuff i mean we're gonna be re- it's not that long until we're gonna be reading chamber of secrets which is where a lot of this really weird shit with hogwarts starts coming up where it's like okay what is what is the concept of hogwarts and like the houses trying to say because like you have this house system that is like one quarter actual fascists like and it like is the idea that like 
they're supposed to kind of grow out of that when they interact with the other students is the idea that like they had all these other great ideas that made them worth keeping around uh, besides the whole racism thing uh, which i don't think like you think that those articles would be quick to point out that but like i guess the only thing is salazar slytherin helped make hogwarts and like the more I think about it, the less good that is, you know, like he it, built a... it. <laughs> it seems like if you're really identifying like traits of fascism in 11 year olds, which, yeah. wow, um, the strategy would not be to put them all together. That's the, yeah, see, that's the that's the part that's crazy. Like, like if 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 the idea was, you know, Slytherins are uh, um, individualist and cunning and cynical and like pessimistic or whatever it's like and like those are the traits that's broad enough where it's like yeah you could see how a lot of those kids would grow up to be bad but um those aren't all inherently negative things for people to be and so you could sort of go at it that way but the way that is you know even in this chapter like all of the characters have like you know ugly sounding names like millicent bolstrode and stuff like that uh, where it's like the the image that the 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 even now the book is putting forward is that like these eleven year olds are all like already evil, you know? Like, <laughs> it's just super weird. Yeah, it is, and it's um I need to stop saying this for like every single thing that happens in this first book, but I probably will. I think that this works fine in the context of like a goofy story about Harry because it's about Harry and it sets up these cartoon bullies for him yes. to not like, uh-huh. which is fine. Yeah. But again, like it just, there's this refrain. Um, and I'll go back to like this article being like, don't think Slytherin's all bad. And, and here's, and they, this article uses Umbridge to like say that Slytherins are successful. Oh, I'll read the quote. Um, most Slytherins were pretty cunning people. The snake emblem is a bit of a giveaway. And so they usually go far in the world. Even people like Dolores Umbridge, a rather nasty piece of work, managed to become both senior undersecretary to the Minister of Magic and headmistress of Hogwarts using very underhanded ways. Oh, good. It's like, that's a terrible argument for Slytherin being like <laughs> not as bad good. as you think it is. Like, like you think Slytherin's bad? Well, this woman like tortured the main character and like ruined the government. Like, okay, <laughs> cool. I guess you can't say that's not successful. Yeah, yeah. God, it's like... <laughs> not not to get too political current events, but it's exact. It's exactly the like. Wow, a woman runs the CIA now. It's like great i guess <laughs> cool yeah and that's feminism and that's feminism <laughs> so yeah thank you doris umbridge yeah so yeah like uh, all that aside like i like the house system thing a lot it's it is a really cute and really yeah, i mean like super enduring too like it's been like i can't think of another thing like this that has become such a like 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 normal part like you hear people talk about like oh what's your hogwarts house all the time like as a personality trait thing like it's it's up there with like 
Myers-Briggs or like the are you a you know which sex in the city character are you or like a which friends character like it, it really is this like pop culture personality quiz I mean it, it, it's personality quiz but I I find that really enduring like or endearing it, it is endearing to me that it is enduring if that makes sense yes yeah no yeah and I I think I mean people people love to be able to express an authentic part of who they are in that way Mm -hmm. like i I really think that that's kind of what it comes down to and i think i think people like really like that and and people want to express themselves and you know you can't go up to someone you meet and say hey i'm really smart (laughs) but you can tell them you're a ravenclaw right yeah because because it it it's I think what's clever about it and what's fun about it is that especially if you are basing this on like the Pottermore quizzes or something else, like some other personality test that incorporates it, it's you're able to express what someone else thinks of you, if that makes sense. Like, you don't you don't pick what house you're in, you know, like you you are told and like it's 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 a good shorthand i guess for like how if if you're if you if you're into the quizzes and stuff it's a good shorthand for like how you come across to others yeah i mean i think i think people really like to hear how they might be perceived in the world and i think that i think most people if they could put a magic hat on their head and it could tell them something about how how they move through the world they would do Mm -hmm. it yeah it's 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 i think this is one of the like out of all the things that have like come out of harry potter like culturally i think this is like my favorite thing like it is it is for one it's just a really great scene like the actual scene of all the characters lining up and getting sorted and like harry and ron getting more and more anxious and like worrying if it's a test and like all of the other students being really happy when when someone gets selected for their house a it's just a really charming scene but the fact that it has Mm -hmm. created this really lasting sense of belonging for a lot of fans i think is like earnestly really cool like it is um and and it's also something that the fans have almost taken away from jk rowling you know in a sense if that like because like jk rowling can tell you you know oh this is what the character sexualities are this is how this thing really worked she can change your mind about all that stuff but she can't really because so much of the fandom or so much of the um the like house culture is really defined by the fans uh um and has been like built upon for so long by the fans like she can't take that away and it's just something that's all of the fans can connect with without having to being like contradictory i guess to to uh to the story you know yeah i mean i think uh slytherin's like a really good example of that um i when you see slytherin being talked about among fans um like i see i see words being thrown around like being determined and being persistent and being resourceful and i see a lot of people that i think probably feel um like outcasts and look for like inner strength and i think that's really cool and 
um, definitely the Sorting Hat doesn't say that about Slytherins, but I don't know. They've, they've grown it in a really cool way. Yeah, um, that is, yeah, I, 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 which again, this is like why I don't really cast any judgment on like fans who do identify with Slytherin as bad as it is in the text. Because like, again, like I was saying, like the things that do stick out are the, the sense of, you know, being outcast in the school, everyone hates them. Uh, the sense of like, uh, social cunning and like cleverness and stuff like i it's weird because it's like like a ravenclaw is also listed as clever which like clever and cunning are like uh, it's not that different i'm not sure what the delineation between those two is but like i guess slytherin is just like the goth ravenclaw for to a lot of people if that makes sense but i feel my perception was always that ravenclaw was like book clever and I, I know this i i hesitate to say that because i think about my perceptions of the houses and they're based in some things that i don't like mm. really believe i guess like i i suppose like if i were to take my like on the face perception of ravenclaw and hufflepuff is it's like ravenclaw are the kids that don't study and ace the test and hufflepuffs are the kids that uh, study all night and <laughs> yeah get a seat. no that, I, I i like that that's uh <laughs> and and i don't and i don't want to like put that forward as like a real model of people's inherent personality traits mm-hmm. because it's just not no. and that's not how people work but that is like always kind of what i thought of and i guess like slytherin's like social cunning is kind of i mean we see slughorn and he like you know, collects right, famous right. people or smart people, and it's much more about that kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. Cunning. Um, and like actually, I guess Slughorn is maybe the best example of like a what I would imagine a like non ridiculously evil Slytherin is. He's like the one thing in the book we get. Well, we we do get um <laughs> the character that is there to be the good Slytherin, and it's Tonks, oh, but I won't even I use. I always that forget as that she's a Slytherin. Yeah, I like i just don't think tonks is like a character no tonks is an idea at least i don't remember her being tonks is an idea she is an idea we all love who doesn't get to be a character i I think she gets like the illusion of a character because she's like oh she's a slytherin she gives harry a pep talk after sirius dies i think that's like her one big scene uh her big moment her yeah big moment. Um, yes tonks is a beautiful idea that never actually becomes a character unfortunately um at least that's what i remember i yeah i mean even in in one of these listicles about why you should like slytherin tonks is listed but at the end of the paragraph it was like we would have liked to see more of her <laughs> yeah like on <laughs> they, they get to say that which is a weird burn on their boss but yeah it's that's funny yeah um so should we reveal our houses i think it's time i i feel like this is going to be a little bit of a bummer just because we're we are in the same house i think it's great that we're in the same house it is we just don't get like an extended reveal that's true do you want me to give a drum roll and you'll you can reveal it uh yeah what does the sorting hat say Uh, better be better be okay i'm ready okay better be 
Ravenclaw. Yay. That's super cool. (laughs) I guess we're really smart. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Okay, so that here's the updated list. Uh, Hufflepuffs still watch Hulu. Gryffindors <laughs> uh, only watch network TV. Slytherins torrent everything. Ravenclaws all have podcasts. That yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Although um, a lot of um, that actually kind of reminds me because a lot of um, fandom stuff will give you like a secondary house like you can be like well i'm primary mm-hmm. in ravenclaw and secondary in gryffindor um and by that measure we're primary ravenclaw but secondary slytherin because we're going to be touring that's right that's right <laughs> allegedly yeah i don't know i i find all that stuff super charming it's this is like out of all of the things in harry potter's world building that like this is the one that I think really sticks out as just like a really cool idea that has lasted a long time, has lasted through the ups and downs of the books and the movies and stuff. And has just been like, I don't know. I, I really like it. I, I enjoyed this chapter and I, I enjoy the house stuff a lot, even, even if it doesn't even make that much sense or, or has uh, any basis like in the text or, reality it's just like it's a fun (laughs) it's a fun quirky uh thing that the fans have been able to rally around for like 20 years now which is really kind of cute yeah and i i think that um another kind of good thing about it is that it has allowed fans to um kind of come up with their own characterizations for characters that don't like get much screen time yeah who is that who is that slytherin girl who i had completely forgotten she's like named once and like oh yeah uh she shows up in a lot of um fan fiction and um and her name is daphne greengrass such a good name she's a slytherin and actually when i was looking at um at pottermore like i always am um i guess we know that they're a pureblood family so but I think like that's all we know. Thing. Yeah. But it's cute that like that, that just being in Slytherin allows people to like extrapolate and like build characters for like these people who are otherwise pretty one note. I'm sure like the Petils and the uh, like Cho Chang and stuff in fan fiction kind of get the same like opportunities because well, it's like, well, the fandom hates Cho Chang. So oh, that's right. Yeah. So I, I can't explain that, but that is a, uh, it's almost universal. <laughs> oh boy! So, so yeah, I, I will get to that. But um, I I think that this house stuff is fun, and um, Harry gets sorted into Gryffindor for anyone that doesn't remember in this chapter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I guess I, I guess that that's the other thing to note before we move on from this, this uh, sorting stuff is that the houses right from the beginning are like made to be subverted like hermione's not in ravenclaw uh when even though she's super smart and harry is in gryffindor even though uh, you know he was almost put into slytherin it's like like these are so vague and like uh still allow for like the characters to be their own people which is really really good yeah honestly my my kind of um perception of this is that it seems like a really clever way of cheating like three-dimensional characters 
almost. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I say cheating no, totally. and I, I guess I don't mean that, but um, like if you're writing a ton of characters that all go to a school, um, if you kind of give your readers a, a preconceived notion on them based on what house they're in and then subvert that you have very three-dimensional seeming characters. Yeah. It, it allows you, you're totally right. And then it's like, it is an instant recipe for uh, giving a character depth where it's like, you are in this house with fairly clearly defined concepts, but you also do this, which can be, you know, a direct contrast to those you don't even have to create any elaborate scenes. It's just that like, here it is. Like here is this character who you might think is in X, but is in Y, et cetera. Like it's, it's, it's clever. Yeah. I, I think Luna is a good example of that. Like she's Luna a uh, and is really quirky. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, even um, I, like when we were discussing uh, a lot of the stuff, I had completely forgotten that she was Ravenclaw. I thought she was a Hufflepuff because of her behavior. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, Hermione is the most obvious one, I guess. Like you would think that she would be in Ravenclaw, but no. Yeah. Um, should we talk a little bit about the sorting hat magic? And by that I mean that Harry argued with the sorting hat. Yeah. Um that, and I guess that's like uh I don't i don't want to I, I don't know how much is of that is like foreshadowing how much of that is just them throwing something in there to like hint at like harry because it's it's one of the it's it's the same as like star wars where you have like the the good jedi but like you know maybe they could turn to the dark side because they are powerful and it's like it's kind of that thing where it's like well he definitely doesn't want to go into slytherin but he, the hat does say he might be good there you know just something I don't know how much how how seriously we were meant to take that originally. Yeah, and and I think I, I think it works really well in the this story that we're being told, and then there's that moment at the end where Dumbledore says, like, it's not, you know, it's it's your choices, not, you know, what you're born with, right? right. Which that's a very nice sentiment, and I think it wraps it up really well. Um, and now I feel like like a crazy person because i'm like oh was the sorting hat saying the horcrux yeah um <laughs> and there's also that dream at the end of this chapter yeah which uh, i didn't remember at all i have no memory of this no i well and neither does harry which i think is the dumbest <laughs> maybe the dumbest you can't okay I, here's here's a dumb little rant you can't write a book that's in third person past tense write a whole dream sequence that a character <laughs> has and then say they don't remember it what the fuck come on when he woke up he didn't remember like we- um so it's just for the audience <laughs> like this is just for you, the reader. Yeah, um, that that was super weird. I did not remember that at all. Yeah, just for anyone else that didn't remember, because I didn't. Harry um, has like this encounter at the feast, and it's set up really well because it's like the first clue that Snape is like the red herring character. Yeah. Um. So Harry looks up and he sees Snape, and Snape looks really nasty and mean, and Snape looks over at him like as he's talking to Quirrell. And he looks, I, I think it says like past the turban. Yeah, it says Snape then, looked 
past Quirrell's turban. Yeah, and Harry gets like pain in his scar, so it's like set up like Snape's the bad guy. Um, but but we know it was probably Voldemort looking through the the, the turban at Harry. Yeah. Um, um that stuff's great. Uh, there's a there's actually a this the dumb dream sequence aside, uh there's a lot of good like little fake outs with that like Quirrell um saving them from getting in trouble with filch because he was like quote unquote just passing through to the third floor corridor like that that stuff is very well handled yeah so so at the end of this chapter harry has a dream that he doesn't remember um where he is stuck in the turban and he and and i think it's supposed to like he thinks it's snape like laughing at him or, or and he can't get it off and um and then he sees like the green light and the the dream is over um and this is my other moment where i'm like i I, like question myself i'm like was this a dream that voldemort sent him like he sends him dreams in the fifth book see that was that's my guess that it because they they i believe it's as early as chamber of secrets that the uh voldemort can see through your scar thing happens right um Is i it? think i think i think it's pretty early uh that that pops up or like the idea that there's like a piece of voldemort in his scar or like i want to say that that starts pretty early um uh and i but yeah this is to maybe offer some credit to jk here maybe this this is like the first solid clue i've ever seen that any of this horcrux stuff was planned i just i just hate the horcruxes so much it's bad they are bad i mean they're bad regardless but maybe they are more planned out than we are maybe giving them credit for i don't know i'm still kind of in the camp of this was just voldemort sending him a dream which pops up quite a lot a lot in in this series yeah but yeah it's a it's a weird dream i i just i don't like that they wrote a a dream sequence that the character doesn't remember (laughs) i think that is the dumbest thing that has happened in this book so far for sure well it made me forget too yeah um i think that wraps up the sorting hat chapter totally um i guess we can move on to the next chapter which is the potions master the potions Uh, class and a lot happens. I mean, not a lot happens. Uh, most of it is a kind of whirlwind summary of Harry and Ron adjusting to school life and going to their classes. Um, you got like, like a I cute think, paragraph per class. It's very, very fast. Yeah. And there's like a the, the transfiguration paragraph. And Hermione is the best at transfiguration. Um and they go to charms and um flitwick almost falls off his stack of books it's just it's just cute yeah and they get and lost Professor a Bins lot is boring because he's telling them all about uh the old wizards and stuff and he's a ghost i thought that was cute yeah um we it's it's very like they're seen to be like struggling to navigate and we also see peeves uh who's a character that i always forget about um and I knew that he not was in the a... movies at all. Is he not? He not he does not show up once in any of the movies. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, they took him I, out completely. I, I 
I knew that Peeves was a poltergeist, which is not a ghost. I kind of always assumed that it was like a kind of ghost, but I learned uh, this week that it's not. Did you know that? I didn't know. I I mean within I I mean within these this oh, book, within, not oh, not okay. in general. Because <laughs> I was thinking like in general, I was like a poltergeist is a kind. Like a poltergeist of is a ghost. Yeah, um, but not in Harry Potter. Not I, in I, Harry I, Potter. I, I will tell that. you. I will tell you that Peeves is. Um, not a ghost because he was never a person who lived and there's like a, a write-up about him on Pottermore <laughs> and as best I can tell he that he's like a spirit that manifests and poltergeists manifest a lot when there are lots of rowdy teens around That's so Peeves is the spirit of teens that's great i i actually really like that <laughs> right so he's like very mischievous and and just like rowdy and hard to control he grabs your conk yeah got your conk got um, your so he's the spirit of teens he's that's what i learned that's beautiful i i did not know that i um huh i did not know there was like a, a separation in in the harry potter lore between ghosts and poltergeists um yeah that's cute I, I like that yeah and i guess there's like there was some headmaster hundreds of years ago that tried to banish him and it didn't work yeah, you can't get rid of the teens no you can't um we go to quarrel's class nothing happens it's described where he got his turban or, or his story as to where he got his turban i am going to um write this off as a dumb very bad 90s thing that probably happened a lot and i understand yeah. the joke i understand the joke of the garlic in the turban but i'm going to go ahead and say that probably just stay away from saying a turban is smelly yeah it's uh, yeah i i I was wondering before we got into this stuff, because um, we we forgot to note in our last episode that when um, uh, when Harry runs into Quirrell in the Leaky Cauldron, he mentions nothing about a turban. So this happens like in between uh, that and him coming to Hogwarts, which I, I had forgotten completely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible that he had it and Harry just didn't see to comment on it, but seeing that he comments on it literally every time especially because the like the implication because everyone says he looks stupid in it and stuff like the implication is that quirrell is a white guy wearing a turban right like yes that's what i'm picking up here yeah Um, it says that he got it from an african prince after um like banishing a zombie or something and and that's then that's not true right like that's his cover story because yeah that's a story quirrell made up which which makes that less uh Hmm. um like like it, <laughs> it, it, it being a dumb story he made up makes that work for me but it, yeah the the jokes about the stinky turban not quite as uh into that yeah that's something that like i i, I don't know that seems very 90s to me which does not make it okay and if i were jk rowling and i had written that in my book that i wrote in the 90s i'd i'd want to go back and change i i would feel pretty bad about that yeah yeah i I didn't like that so much um yeah yeah that's unfortunate yeah a for effort a for yeah a for effort i guess <laughs> i um, guess no I guess. not really I, no. I do not i do not give out a's for effort no 
Especially, especially not to J.K. Rowling. <laughs> you know who also doesn't give ace to effort is Professor Snape. Hell no, he doesn't. Um, we, I mean, we we've seen Snape a few times before, like at the feast. I guess that was the only time. Um, but this is this is our Snape chapter, and he's a he's a jerk. He's a nasty boy. He's he's rude. Uh, he's yeah. I actually, you know what? I gotta say, I do kind of like the scene between him and harry where he's like grilling him on like these potions terms because i get that harry is in like special circumstances or whatever but at the end of the day snape is kind of right like maybe you should have read these books before coming (laughs) like yeah i mean he was definitely unfairly targeted yes for sure snape is 100 percent a big jerk um but but this is like still in the territory of like the the books where I really like Snape where like he's a jerk but he's not wrong you know like yeah I will say the moment that he was wrong is calling an eleven year old an idiot on the first day yes idiot boy uh, also when he blamed Harry for not telling or like it says Harry Harry uh, uh, purposefully let Neville make his potion badly so he his would look better by comparison or whatever like that's a little uh you're reading a little much into that i think snape but like overall i i really like this introduction for snape's character yeah me too i i think it sets him up really well as the like you know the the villain who turns out not to be the villain mm-hmm. um i it makes a big deal like out of it. him taking one point away uh from gryffindor uh which as we will soon find out usually points are like given and taken in like tens and fifteens and whatnot so he doesn't seem all that bad i guess yeah that was pretty mild um poor neville poor neville i feel really bad like oh i guess that's the other thing the uncle angie story pops up in these chapters which i think this is where this series definitely crosses a line as far as like what whimsical violence is versus like disturbing violence and the the story neville tells about his uncle repeatedly like putting him in life-threatening situations to get the magic out of him is a little it's a little much for me it sure it sure seems like wizards hate muggles sometimes i keep going back and forth on this because at first it seemed like they all hated muggles and then they kind of softened up on that but then i hear this and it's like his his family would rather he die than not have magic. Yeah. Which yeah. is like pretty that's, fucked up. That's pretty fucked. It's um I mean to be clear, I think it's a very good origin story for Neville. Like it makes me immediately sympathize with Neville who like up until this point had just kind of been a dork in like in the background. But at the same time it's like oof that's like even for Harry Potter where like yeah a dog got hit with a plastic tank and like uh dudley is always beating up harry but it's 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 been cartoony enough but like his uncle like holding him like off a balcony like michael jackson is a it's like a little much you know yeah but it's okay because he bounced he bounced bounced. down the road which I, i did like that description yeah um but yeah, he go he goes to potions on the first day and gets called an idiot boy by Snape. Yes. Um, but overall, like Snape is the 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 really mean teacher that everyone has had, and um, 
and is unfair. He's unfair. He's rude. But like at the end of the day, at least in the, so far, like he's not really wrong. He's just a jackass, you know, like and like yeah. that, that makes him still likable to me in in this section. Um, uh, I don't feel that bad for Harry. I do say, think Harry gets his own back with that very good line because there's that, that great description of, you know, Snape just keeps on asking, you know, what's a bizarre? Uh, what's, you know, what's the difference between what's it like wormwood and what is it? Yeah. Uh, he, he's asking him all the, all these questions and Hermione is freaking out. Cause she knows all the answers and like, <laughs> doesn't know. Uh, and then on the last one, Harry is like, I don't know, but it looks like Hermione might. Why don't you ask her? <laughs> I like, I like Harry a lot here. Harry's he's, got zingers. He's got jokes. Like he's a much more active and funny character than I remember him being. Yeah, me too. I I think there's so much focus on on secondary characters it, among like fans, and so when I read this, I'm like, I really like Harry. Harry is really funny. Like you sympathize with him and his like fish out of water situation. Uh, all of his like comparisons to like magic stuff to the Dursleys is great. Like he's just a very at the moment like a very fun character. Like and and a very um well-defined one even if it like he has way more jokes or, or like clever jokes than like any 11 year old i have ever known but like it works um with him as the point of view character i guess yeah i i really like all that stuff and um yeah i mean for snape i, I think everyone's had had the mean unfair teacher right and i think jk mm. rowling even said that she based snape on a teacher that she had although she yeah. would never reveal who it was <laughs> ah how 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 kind of her <laughs> yeah um yeah. i will i guess i'll this has been a very discourse heavy episode already um oh yeah we can thank crimes of grindelwald but i will do a, like a, a a kind of a side um that snape is a queer coded character and i think I was a little bit surprised that that does come through to me in this chapter. Um, there's been like some, some talk about this overall. Like I, I think, I think in the general scope of the series, it's pretty obvious um, that he is. What's uh, the stuff that leaps out to you here? Like just, just for like listeners, like, you know, you know what's the. Yeah. So I think that um, he, he's a potions master. And I think that typically um potions have been portrayed in media as being non-masculine they're um, they're like a feminine practice i i picture like witches, witches yeah totally, bent totally. Over cauldrons. um i think the big one and i think it's pointed out a lot is that um he says no foolish wand waving and i'm not trying to be weird and point out that wands are phallic but i will say that it is in the text many times like like jk rowling makes several yes wands as phalluses jokes so i don't think it's going too far out of i mean right know. off the, like like right out of the gate uh, like the the fact that all of them are like oh nine inches like sturdy squishy like uh, it's unavoidable like it's an unavoidable comparison even if it wasn't intentional yeah and and they and i guess beyond just this chapter and things like Snape uses poisons and that's like a woman's weapon. Um, 
he's not and and wands are for dueling and he doesn't really duel with the exception of like the show duel that mm-hmm. that he does with Lockhart and and other other people have written you know a lot about this so if anyone's interested in that they can look it up but i i felt like i sh- i should point it out at this point that he is in the context of this one story a queer coded villain that turns He's out also, not to be the villain I, I, like this is i mean this is quite an out-of-date thing but this was written in the 90s but he is noted as having long hair too right like oh yeah he's, he's got his long greasy hair yeah he um yeah, so I, I, I guess that's just worth pointing out. I yeah, totally. Really no, it's, I, it's um, worth, I think it's worth pointing out, and I think it's worth us following along with that thought in mind as as he appears more and more. Yeah. Um. So I think for this chapter, I mean, obviously this is the potions master chapter, so that was uh, largely what happened. Yeah, that's that. That about covers it, except I will say this chapter. So like the first chapter we read ended with that goofy dream sequence. This chapter ends with. I cannot believe that this chapter just ends with like three. Que- it's almost like a book report. It's like, uh, what's the deal with the potions master? Why does my scar hurt? Uh, what? Like, it's just like, <laughs> like, I forgot case, about that. Yeah. In case you haven't been keeping up, here's what the mystery is currently. Uh, let me find the exact line here. Cause it's very funny. Um, oh had hagrid collected that package just in time where was it now and did hagrid know something about snape that he didn't want to tell <laughs> harry and it's like okay good we're like up it's like last week on harry potter here's here's what, <laughs> here's what you missed i love it I, I like that a lot i um it really brings me back um to reading it for the first time when i was probably 11 or 12 and when you're 11 or 12 you haven't read as many books you know and so all this stuff you're just like hey and i can imagine like reading that and being like who what is gonna happen yeah what is gonna happen what (laughs) what is going on with all this wild stuff um and it's it's such a like good first kids mystery book to me i mean Um, it's you've mentioned before that like i guess the official designation of this of the series is mystery not fantasy and like this is a very mystery novel like pulp mystery novel like here's what the questions you need to be keeping in mind are thing which is i i like it a lot yeah i and i don't i don't um i don't even know if it is typically regarded as a mystery um this is like a a long running kind of pet theory of mine that i we'll revisit several times as we do this um, that I, I really think that the sixth and seventh book failed because they weren't mysteries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so far as I read number one, I guess I'm, I'm really taken by how explicitly this is a mystery totally. and it's set up with very classical mystery structure. Absolutely. It's really working very well for me yeah i i like i goofed on the dream thing but like all the clues are being very well placed like i said there's the quirrell stuff uh there's the very obvious red herring stuff with snape which i really enjoy um yeah it's 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 good and like i'm i'm hooked i'm excited to go back and do my reading for next week actually yeah me too um so i think that about wraps up um 
our chapters for this week. Uh, uh-huh. I figure we can take a short break and then we will be coming back and I have a game for you. Oh boy. <laughs> Welcome back. Are you ready to play a game? I am so ready to play a game. I've been looking forward to this. Good. Um, I do want to say a few words before we start. Uh, So I was about 15 years old in 2005. And I was a 15-year-old girl. So I have read a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction. Mm -hmm. A lot. I don't have evidence of this but i would guess that i've read more harry potter fan fiction than i have any other fiction combined (laughs) (laughs) um and i and i do think that's true for a lot of women and girls especially like my age and younger um i some i think it's so charming because I, I really think that fan fiction is genuine, like artistic works. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy, there are some things where I'll be reading the books and I'll realize that there are things that I think about the Harry Potter canon that's just a fan fiction thing. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think that's really cool. Um, so before we play this game, which is a fan fiction game, I, I just wanted to give this little spiel to say that I am not making fun of fan fiction and like very much the opposite. Like I, I think it's great. I, I get very upset when I feel like people have a lot of contempt for it totally, um, because I think that it is um, a community of people that are writing fiction Oftentimes because they don't see the stories that they want to see being told. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I think that's great. And I, I, you know, JK Rowling has never tried to kind of go against fan fiction, but she's always kind of had these little canon things to add. She's uh, thrown out the wrench in a few times. Yeah. I, I think the biggest one being that, um, Lupin she just came out and said that Lupin's not a queer character which yeah. is really rich considering he she also has said that his his life is um <laughs> an AIDS allegory metaphor. for the AIDS crisis yeah. um yeah. so so real rich coming from her um so the game that we're going to play is I'm going to read um author provided fan fiction summaries to you except I'm going to leave out a name in the summary and I'm going to need you to tell me what it is. And I think that the beauty of this game is that uh, like the fan fiction community plays this game of telephone because these tropes are so obvious to me. Like I read these and I'm like, Oh, I know what this is about. I know what characters these are, but I think that if you're not very well acquainted, then you might not, it might not be as obvious. (laughs) Right. Cause to be clear, you know, I'm a big 
huge Harry Potter fan for sure, but I did not get, I, I was not in the fan fiction hole when it was uh, current. Um, I, like, I, I couldn't tell you why. Uh, it was just not, not the one that hooked me. Uh, I was very into Zelda fan fiction. That was my, uh, that was my real <laughs> house. Nice. Well, well, maybe someday we can do this game, but, but in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I guess to set this up, um, I did go through and pick out, th these are romantic stories and not all fan fiction are, um, a lot of them are, are labeled gen, which is general, but I figured for this, um, guessing romantic pairings is, is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so as I read these, um, with the character that I'm going to want you to guess, I'm just going to say the word blank. Okay. Right. Like Harry and blank. Got it. Um, and that's what I need you to fill in. Um, so this one, I think, is going to be an easy one. Okay. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Um, this one is called Very Bad Things, and it's by the author. <laughs> okay, we're already off to a good start. Yeah. <laughs> the author, um, I partially chose this because of the author name, because it's Freudian Fuck Up, which oh, I, just, yes. I just really like. That's a good name. So this is a short summary. On the list of very bad things blank has done, snogging Mooney in a bathroom is really only eighth or ninth. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll tell you the word count on this one, okay. just for fun. Yeah. This is 58,832 words. <sighs> okay. I have no tags for you. That's a nano. That's a nano length. Uh, oh, yeah. Story, yeah. Okay, um... Mooney, which one's Mooney? Mooney's. Um, okay, is it is it prongs? Is prongs the blank here? Okay, you do know how Mooney is, right? Mooney Wormtail Mooney Padfoot. the moon. Mooney Wormtail Padfoot. Moon, the moon. <laughs> okay, I'm forgetting who Mooney who's, is. Okay, who's affected by the moon? Oh no, there's oh, a full okay. moon. Oh, oh duh, duh, duh. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, okay, yeah, no, I was getting that backwards. Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. So, Padfoot? Question. Padfoot was. Okay, Prongs is James. Uh,. Uh, fuck, fuck. Um, Mooney is Remus. Uh, Wormtail is Wormtail. Uh, who the fuck is Padfoot? Um, <laughs> God damn it! Why do I not I remember? Will, I will tell you that you're right. It is Padfoot, but I'm gonna okay, need a name. Fuck! I don't remember who Padfoot is. Uh, I'll give you a, I'll give you a clue because he goes by another name that's based on his, his, um, his form and it's Snuffles. Oh, it's Sirius. Duh. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So oh. Sirius is my answer there. Yeah. Rough start. Um, yeah, I, I thought well, that was going to be the easy one. I mean, it is a very <laughs> short summary. I forgot who Sirius was. <laughs> that's on me yeah we haven't well we 
haven't read the third book That's yet. True. So yeah, we haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for a little bit of background, Sirius Remus is like that's the ship. That's what's the, the, what's the name of that ship? Uh, Wolf Star. Wow. What? That's good. <laughs> that's good as hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think uh, so. Like people that are outside of the fan fiction community really like to point to fan fictions they think are legitimate, which is horrible. Um, Yeah, fuck that. However, there is a very famous one, um, and I can't for the life of me remember what it was called, but it gets kind of, it's like, this is the good one. Um, But it's actually really cool, and it's it's a wolf star story that's told. It's like a multimedia story, which I always really appreciate. Oh, it's like huh. art like... and art and letters and like short stories. And they're all oh, like, I really like that. story. So you should check that out. It's pretty cool. That's yeah. That does sound cool. Once upon a time, I wanted to do a multimedia thing before I realized what a pain <laughs> in the ass that would be. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, this, this is like a huge endeavor and it's, it's really very cool. Yeah. Um, so this next one, let me see. I have this in the easy category because I know that I've dropped a clue about it to you before. Okay. Um, if I hadn't, I don't think I would have put it in this category. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to see if you can get this one. This one is called the blood will tell and it's by six shot Americano. <laughs> okay. When Blank experiences some odd symptoms, his research leads him to the discovery of Vila ancestry. Meanwhile, Harry is having pensive, like, steamy dreams featuring himself and Blank. Panic and foolish behavior ensue. Ooh, some foolish behavior. I'll give so, you I'll give so... you the warnings on this one. <laughs> Are you ready for the warnings? Oh, yeah, yeah, lay it on me. AU, which stands for alternate universe. Okay. But it's only AU after sixth year. And it's a creature fig. Got it. Oh boy. Um okay. Here is my guess. Because okay. it sounds like these two characters are going to be engaging in what Snape would call some foolish wand waving. Um, some steam, some steamy dreams. Yeah. Um, I think this is Draco. I think ding, this ding, is. Ding. Yeah, I think this is this is Vila Draco because you've told me about Vila Draco before, which is insanely funny. <laughs> <to me. laughs> yes, uh, Vila Draco is um, very popular and also very popular in these these steamy stories. I'm a big um, fan of the something about the phrasing. His research leads him like like professor draco <laughs> is going on a on a quest to find out what the de- what the deal is find out that he's a vila yeah um i yeah i picked this one mostly mostly for the summary but there are a lot a lot of these stories out there i i don't know where it came from originally i can only assume that it's just because um like people think the actor that plays Draco is really hot and also he's blonde. Mm. And I think Vila's are often blonde. It's got it. Yeah. Um, I, well, and also we never see a male Vila, I don't think. So that's kind of a, I guess like a neat, like way to introduce that is to make a main character one. I could see Yeah. It. And, and typically like, I, I mean, Draco Harry stories are 
I think that they are the top, like, like by sheer numbers, there are more Draco Harry stories than any other. That makes sense, I guess. Story. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that this one, um, and they all have to kind of struggle to overcome, like, why would Harry and Draco be together? And I think that the Vila one works really like it, it, it does that because part of Draco's problem is that he has that like pure blood, like supremacy thing, mm-hmm. but it turns out that he's a magical creature, which they hate. So I think I that's probably I like it. something they do with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Yeah. So I will go to our, this one, which I have marked as medium difficulty. Oh boy. And after our difficulty in the first one, I'm a little bit worried. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> and this one also has a very short um, summary. Uh, the title of this one is called Sparks, Ooh. and it's by Strychnine. Oh, no. With two S's. <laughs> um, are you ready for the summary? Lay it on me. Remus is a librarian at a university library, and Blank is a student with a lot of fines. Ah... Uh... Wow. I will say that when I first read this, like I was skimming it, I read it as Remus is a libertarian. (laughs) He's a libertarian at a university and he keeps shouting (laughs) at his professors and they keep on. (laughs) Luckily, Remus is not a libertarian. I mean, I guess I don't know that he's not a libertarian in the story, but Um, he's a librarian. Okay. Are there any tags on this one? Uh, Yeah, this is alternate universe library. As an alternate universe colon library, right, um, and non magical. Oh, hmm. Huh, okay, so I guess the main difficulty here is whether or not this is set like in the Marauder days or post. If this universe has a split between those, so he's he is a librarian of the university. So I'm going to infer that he is like a grown ass man at this point for this one i have no idea um i'm just walking i'm just walking through my guess process here um do you want to hear the word count on this one yes it's what you what is known as a one shot okay so it's it's 3113 words okay so not super long so it's a little short one it's like an essay It's it's short and cute um okay so he's he's a professor or no he's not a professor he's a librarian in the library universe <laughs> so it's like <laughs> kind of a bummer universe you have to be really quiet everywhere um yeah student with a lot of fines uh okay um it does say student with a lot of fines right in the in the, yep. in the description at the university at the university uh (laughs) um why not uh fuck this is hard uh there's so little to go on here uh yeah i don't want okay so i'm not gonna get serious because that was the first one um so and i'm gonna i never said there can't be duplicates oh true um but who would have a lot of fines and uh would it be it'd be like university okay is it ron 
Is it like University Ron Weasley? No, I'm sorry. Fuck. Okay. I think that if it were if it were a a Lupin Ron story, I'd probably put that as very difficult. Okay. Um, I'm I, I'm sorry. This one's a was a little bit of a trick question because it's also Wolfstar. Oh damn it! Serious. Oh, so I okay. So I almost got it right. I just yeah. Almost. Yeah. Okay. You you got on. I I can see that. I should have said in the beginning that there could be duplicates. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, there are a lot of serious Remus stories out there, and the reason I included that one is because um, this has never been like a favorite genre of mine, but. Like the the like non magical slice of life genre is huge. That's so. That, that's one of the ones where I will say it is very weird to me that that is so popular because I would think that the world would be a big part of why people like the characters. I mean, I, I'm not casting judgment. I'm just surprised, you know. Yeah, I because I was never like super into it when I because I I don't read as much fan fiction as I did when I was 15, but I don't remember it being a very big thing mm-hmm. at that time. Um, but it's, it's always struck me as like a Tumblr thing. Like it seems like a kind of an emergent, like a blog, like, like the ask blogs that like have like the, a yeah. St- yeah, that makes sense. They, they like publish a lot of short fiction where it's like, you know, a, another popular one um, is like the coffee shop AU, which you just take established characters and you make them meet at a coffee shop, hmm. um, which I, I think is cute. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that one in there because it's, you know, the like non-magical. Got it. Got it. Just so, okay. So I was, I was story. close, but I, I thought too hard about that one, I guess. You did. So yeah, go, go with your, um, go with your gut. On these. Yeah. yeah. So this next one, I would say this is a tough one. Okay. Um, but I think there's enough clues in the description. Um, and this one, I'm going to have you do something a little bit different okay. because there are no names Uh-oh. in the summary. Okay. Because it's kind of, it's um, a little bit like point of view written, Got it. but I think, I think based on the summary, you're going to be able to tell me what the pairing is. Okay. This one is called Isolation and it's by Bex Chan. Shout outs to Bex Chan. Shout outs. He can't leave the room, her room, and it's all the order's fault. Confined to a small space with the only mudblood for company, something's gotta give. Maybe his sanity, maybe not. There, she spat. Now your blood's filthy too. Ooh. Okay. I think I can get this one. Is this. Is this a a Hermione Draco pairing? Yeah, it is. This oh, is this yes. is the this is the rare Dramione. Oh, I'm so good at this now. And I say rare, but I I don't really mean rare. Mm-hmm. It, it's out there. I just wouldn't call it like a main a main ship. Right. I guess. I guess that one that one uh, that one was mostly easy for me because of the dialogue. I think uh yeah but yeah okay yeah good job i yeah i i I would i would categorize that as medium difficulty because i don't i don't think that that like has a it's not really 
it doesn't point out like an established trope, I don't think. Right. Um, I will say that that one is 271,881 words. Whoa, that's so this a, is a long... This is a novel. That's a long time to be stuck in one room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, hope he gets out. Isolation. I guess I will point out, I, I forgot to say this at the beginning when I started. I have not read any of these. Okay. I, I, I'm not vouching. I'm, I'm not saying don't read them. But I'm also not recommending them. These I guess are, I these can't, aren't I, Liz's shrieking shack picks. No, they are not. I I literally went through the like relationship tags and also through other people's recommendation lists and tried to pick out like the classics. And apparently, this one isolation is like if you're looking for the definitive Dramione story, this is it. Okay. And it's a, and it's a novel. <laughs> yeah, that's that's long. Okay, so I this is our last one. So wait, I'm, one I'm two is, for two for three, two for yeah. Okay, cool. Two for th- yeah, very good. Um, this one is extremely difficult. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say this one is double points since the last one is always worth double points. That's right. Um, I'll start by saying that this one is three hundred ninety-two thousand four hundred and forty-nine words. Holy shit. This is a novel, and it's called Delenda Est, and it's by Lord Silver, or Silver with an E. (laughs) Harry is a prisoner, and blank has fallen from grace. The accidental activation of blank's treasured heirloom results in another chance for Harry. It also gives him the opportunity to make the acquaintance of the young and enigmatic blank as they change the course of history. Oh, shit. Um... So this is a time travel one. This is a time. Okay. So what I'm gathering here is time travel. Okay. Before I start working through this, this is a Harry Potter character, right? Yes. Okay. So I guess I would break this down into three important points. Heirloom. Harry's a prisoner. Harry's a prisoner. The person that he's paired with has an heirloom. Right. And obviously, like, access to him while he's a prisoner. <sighs> wow. Um. Okay. And it's time travel. And I will... Yeah, and I will say that while I haven't read it, from what I can glean, the person who has the heirloom is who he meets. Like, it's the same person. He's going back in time and meeting the younger version of the heirloom owner. Does that make sense? Yes. Got it. So he's he's imprisoned by this person, but is also meeting them in the past. Right. I don't know if it's imprisoned by this person, just that this person has access has to Has access to, okay. Um, oh, boy. Um, okay. So, the time travel aspect of this... Blank has fallen from... Is it a blank has fallen from grace? Was that a line in there? Okay, if it if it weren't for that, I would say, <laughs> is it t- Tom Riddle? 
Um, but if it's someone who's fallen from grace and it's time travel, is this like, is this Harry going back and meeting Dumbledore? Because he has the Elder Wand. That's an heirloom. Like, because it, it's, fuck, it's either, it's got to be Tom Riddle who has the journal or Dumbledore who has the, or wait, no, because, fuck, there's the, um, <laughs> there's the invisibility cloak too. Uh, which was an heirloom that Sirius had. So this would be <laughs> Harry and Sirius and Azkaban. No. Fuck! I'm sorry. Oh, damn. Who is it? Who is it? It is. <laughs> this one's so mean. It's uh, Bellatrix the Strange. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. Oh my god. This this one I have, again, never read, but this is the one that when people recommend general Harry Potter fan fiction to you, they'll say, I know it sounds weird, but. That's incredible, because Bellatrix is, like, not really a character uh, much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, she's crazy. She's crazy and loyal. Uh, Those are the things we know about uh, Bellatrix. That's incredible. I was so, I guess I was also like really hooked on like, these would probably all be like queer pairings, I guess. Uh, So I didn't even think. Yeah, I threw threw a wrench Um, in there. That's, yeah, I was was thinking like, is it Dumbledore? Uh, But yeah, no, I guess that fits. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. So I guess okay. <laughs> so I guess I'm two for I only got two for four out of those. Yeah. So technically that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Technically, though, you are still in the lead because you got the double points last time. So you cause you got three out yeah. of five for okay, so hmm. That's true. I'm gonna have to rank I'm gonna have to ratchet up the difficulty on the on the Twitter quiz, I think. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I I think this was really fun. I I, I was I was wondering if it would be harder than I thought or easier than I thought. Right. I think that it found a good middle ground. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing I remembered who Sirius was. <laughs> yeah, Sirius. I was a little surprised. Padfoot. Yeah, Padfoot. Well, because I, I, I had a really dumb moment where I was like, what the fuck is a Padfoot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, I a dog, dog foot. Yeah. <laughs> dog paws that I mean yeah that makes sense i, I would yeah i was i was definitely stuck on that um thank you yeah that, that was that was great yeah thank you um i i do love fan fiction yeah I and think it's very neat fan fiction yeah to be clear we're not making fun of fan fiction here it's mostly just me being like a fish out of water with these is the is the goof um and, and not knowing who padfoot not, is no, yeah and not remembering who sirius black one of the main characters of harry potter is yes <laughs> um because uh yeah i guess is there anything anything else any other housekeeping we need to do at the end here um we're going to be doing two no, i don't think so two chapters again uh for next week right i think that's going to be our model moving forward until further notice 
Yeah, that seems good. I think we, I think I peeked ahead and we are, we are action packed for these next We are, we are 50%, according to my Kindle, we are exactly 50% through the first book, which feels nuts. This one is flying by. Yeah. Definitely. So I, I guess, yeah, I think we're going to do the next two chapters, but I'm sure we can also post it on Twitter. Just, just so just people know. Be, Absolutely. So people know. Um, but as always, although we are reading Harry Potter, we implore you to please read another book. Please read another book.